I want to revisit three words that we've been given, and I want to give you the fresh word that the Lord gave me for our, for our 21st anniversary, our 21st birthday together. Uh, the first word actually came from a guy that had on a pair of khaki packs, uh, pants and penny loafers and a white shirt with a big fro. When I Actually, not only did I have hair, it was really large at the time. But um, uh, we, uh, anyway, I, I could talk, my mind's racing with memories right now, and I don't want to get caught up there. On, on our first Sunday morning, we met at John Weldon Elementary School, which is right off Weldon Springs Road, not too far from here. And I preached out of John chapter 4. And I just, I'm going to give you the synopsis because there were only a couple of you that were here for that day, so it wouldn't be a repeat to you. There are only a couple of you that were here. But in John chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples are traveling through the region of Samaria. And as you know, the Samaritans, the Jews looked down upon them. So the disciples were a little uh, surprised that Jesus would take them through Samaria at all. But they went through Samaria and they stopped just outside of a small town called Sychar, um, some believe it, was, it could have been Shechem, either Sakar or Shechem. And they stopped there. It's about noon. And Jesus sends the disciples into the community, which you know they did. First of all, they didn't want to be walking through Samaria. And the last thing they wanted to do was go have a conversation with a Samaritan and purchase anything from them. But Jesus says, go in, get some food for us. I'll wait here. And you know, how many of you know the story? The lady comes out. Uh, this is the story of meeting the woman at the well. She comes out to get water at noon. I do want you to know this was not normal at all. Ladies would come and they would gather later in the afternoon and early evening to get the water that was needed for the animals and for the family for the night. They did not come, they did not come out at high noon. That was just not standard operating procedure, which infers to me, it doesn't tell me, but it infers to me that she came out there when she knew other people wouldn't be there. And if you know the story about the lady that Jesus had a conversation with, she had been married a few times. She was living with a guy at that time. When you're in a community that's small, how many know news travels fast? Okay. I, I remember I, I, I spent a season uh, living in Pittsfield, Illinois, uh, which is a small town on the other side of the river, uh, Pittsfield, Illinois. I remember somebody asking me if I had forgotten to turn the light off one time because they saw the light off in my living room at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I, I are on in my and I wanted to say, what, what were you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? But you're in a small community, you're in a fishbowl. It's, it's great pastoral training, I'll just tell you that right now. And um, so uh, she, it's a small community, and, and, she has, and Jesus speaks to her, and she's kind of taken back by that, but they have a conversation, and you know the story. She had an encounter with Jesus that so touched her, she went into the very community that she was kind of dodging when she came out to the well. She went into that very community, and she said something like this, come meet a man that told me everything I ever did. And it makes you wonder if they went, dude, if he knows everything you ever did, we got to meet this guy because your life is sordid history, right? Come meet a man that told me everything I ever did. They came out and they met Jesus. And at the end of the story, they're saying this to the lady. We came out to meet him because of what you said about him. But now we believe in him because we had an encounter with him ourselves. She had an encounter with him and said, 
could this be the Messiah? She went and talked to about her encounter. Others responded, had an encounter, and said, could this be the Messiah? And when Jesus, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember, they actually asked him to stay in the community, and he spent two more days there. Talk about taking the disciples out of their comfort zone. They didn't even want to go through Samaria, but they spent two more ta- days in the town of Sakar. I'll let you know this. If you look up Sakar in the original Greek, it means drunken. So not only was this Samaria, this was a town that had a poor reputation. It had a reputation of a bunch of drunks. I was visiting with a lady yesterday at a volleyball game that her and her family moved here from Indiana. And as we were talking and she said to me, we couldn't get over when we moved into this community that you guys serve alcohol everywhere for everything. She said, I, I, the first Little League baseball game that we went to with our son, they were selling alcohol at a Little League baseball game. She goes, what example are we setting in front of our children? And she goes, parents have a hard enough time keeping their attitudes in good check, watching their kids play baseball. How much worse when you put a beer in their hand? And she's just talking about this stuff, and it kind of hit me that I don't even realize that because I live here. Just, it's all just kind of part of the community, part of the culture. Their community was called drunken. It was called drunken for a reason. Jesus went through Samaria, not just to go through Samaria, but to go to Sakar to have an encounter with a lady that would tell her community, and the community would have an encounter with Jesus, and the community would change. That was the message I preached 21 years ago. And I ended with this thought. Our first priority is to have an encounter with Jesus and then to tell others of that encounter. And as we tell others of that encounter and invite them to have that opportunity as well, we will see our community changed. That's how we started. Let's fast forward 10 years from there. Pastor Ray Brewer came in and he ministered in January of 2008 to our church. Let's look at the verse together. The, and he, he gave this prophetic word over us. He, and how many probably can already quote it? He said, the glory of the present house, finish it for me, will be greater than the glory of the former house. Look in Haggai chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, the silver and mine is the, and the gold is mine. Uh, declares the Lord Almighty, or else should I. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. We have went through a difficult season, difficult week in January of 2008. And I remember Pastor Ray walking in the front door of our home. And he walked in and he said, Brad, Beth, I have a word from the Lord. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, and he's going to grant peace in this house. I remember the next morning that he met with our board, Joe Bean, Mark Hollander, Dan Rowden, Ron Burnett, and myself. He met with us, I think it was at 6 o'clock in the morning in the kitchen at the old property that we owned for a season. And he walked in and he said, I want you to know the Lord gave me a word that the glory of the present house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this place, God's going to grant peace. And the word glory is the word kavod. We've talked about that and taught that for years here. Kavod means heavy, weighty presence. It means splendor and brightness. We've described it so many times that sometimes when you're worshiping God, it feels heavy. Not bad heavy, 
just heavy. Sometimes it feels bright. Sometimes it's, you can feel the splendor of the Lord in the room. There have been times in worship I've opened my eyes and I've literally seen like sparkles and and shimmery dust in front of me while I'm worshiping him. I'm like, man, that's the kavod of the Lord. It's the glory of the Lord. God's done what he said he would do. The glory of the present house has been, has been greater. But this is a promise. It's, in, in the Greek, it would be a present progressive word, meaning it's a word for now and later. How many like now and later candy? Until it won't come off your teeth about three hours later, but now and, now and later candy. Um, the Greek, they use present progressive, and you guys use it all the time without realizing it. When God's word says, ask, seek, and knock, those that ask receive, those that seek find, those that knock the doors open. If we actually read it in the Greek, it says, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. How many of you, there are times you pray about something, one, and it's done? How many of you have times that you pray about something a hundred times and it's still not done? And, it, and it, it all works in the kingdom. Sometimes it's one and done. Sometimes it's ask and keep asking. Am I showing a lack of faith because I keep asking? Oh, no, actually, you're showing that you have faith. It's when we come up with statements like, if you don't quit, you win. You just don't stop. Keep playing. Keep marching. Keep going through. What's a 21-year anniversary? What's a 21-year-old birthday? You know what it says? You didn't stop. You kept going. You kept believing. You kept holding on to the promise on the days when it was tough, on the days when you were discouraged, on the days when you felt like the enemy was closing in too close. You kept fighting back, and you kept holding on to the promises because you had a word that the glory is greater. And we, but here's the deal. It has been, but it's supposed to be even greater because it's something that we receive, and it's something that we expect. There's more. Let's fast forward five years from that point. David Wagner was here and he ministered at Faith Chapel. The second point that I'm going to share with you, I'm skipping all the think about it. Sean, now that I look at them, I, they're really not much to think about, so I'm going to move past them. <laughs> the second point is this, dwelling places international. Kingdom influence. He stood in front of us, and he shared several things. Let me read some of them. I jotted them down. Actually, I'm, I'm, Pat Matthias jotted them down and tried to keep up with them and sent them to me. And Pat Matthias resends these to me about three times a year and says, I'm still praying these, Pastor Brad, that God is going to use and is using Faith Chapel as a place where there is a releasing of the honey of healing. Uh, isn't that a sweet word? See what I did there? Come on. It was intentional. The honey of healing. You know Faith Chapel is known as a place of healing? It's known as a place of healing. It happens with regularity that I will be introduced to someone in our community, bump into someone in our community, and, oh, you pastor where? Faith Chapel. Faith Chapel, Faith, where is, they never know where it is. They never know where it is. They, they will, they will. Um, but when I say, well, we're in the corner of a strip mall in Southern O'Fallon, Waterbury, no, when I finally get to Jimmy John's, 
they go, or the egg and I. If when I hit those two, that's when they put it together. And it's quickly, though they couldn't remember who they, we were, and though they didn't know where we met, it is quickly followed up with, isn't that the healing church? Or I've heard people get healed there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, if I'm lying, we're all frying. I'll bring you into it. I'm not going down alone. <laughs> bring out the gas. No, it, um, it, we are known as a place of healing. We're absolutely known as a place of healing. And I, there are little things that some of you, and, and you might go, this is why I don't want to get to know you personally when I share this with you. Hearing me on the platform is enough for you, okay? Because I'm going to give you, I don't think it's a surprise at all, as much as we've prayed for healing here, as much as, we, as we've interceded for our community, that a dialysis center opened up after we were here, that a rehab center opened up after we were here. We have been praying and breaking down just territorial spirits of sickness and disease for years, and it, it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I believe that it's a part of what we've prayed for. It doesn't mean that I want everybody on dialysis. Please don't take it that way. I want them completely healed where they don't need dialysis. It just doesn't surprise me that, that businesses that would open up that help the human body. Doesn't, let me move on. Before prayer, before the first song, people will be healed when they walk in. The Lord gave a word through David Wagner, I will reward you for your hardship. You're stepping into the unknown. You're going from diapers to destiny. There is going to be great increase, a record number of weddings and baby dedications. Operate and prophesy in power and provision. And I see a hub of a, uh, the spoke of a wheel and ministries launching out from that spoke throughout the community and throughout the world. And I put before you to pray about the name Dwelling Places International. He speaks all that. Since that word was all prophesied over us, our connections with Ireland have taken place. Our connections with Convoy of Hope have taken place. Greater increase in relationship with um, Gary and Patty Heine with what's going on in Samuel's house. All of these, all of these, God is using Faith Chapel as, as a hub. And from there, it's going to spoke out to touch the lives of others. But I want you to know, and I want you to be encouraged, not just internationally, right here in O'Fallon. I come back to the original word. Sikar needed changed. O'Fallon still needs changed. And the Lord's moving us into a position to be able to do that. Number three, I'm going to do something in your days. And rather than trying to capture his whole title because it took three pages, look in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. When Hal prophesied this over us last year, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And he stood here and he'd step to the side and he said, Faith Chapel, I'm not exactly sure how to say it, but the Lord wants you to know what he's getting ready to do 
for you and through you, people aren't going to know how, the, how it happened, and you're going to be able to say the Lord did it. And the nations are going to be utterly amazed. Now, I'm also a teacher. I love the context of passages. So I want to give you the context. The context of this passage is God spoke to his prophet, and he said, God's people are going to be utterly amazed because I'm going to use, are you ready for this? The Babylonians to do my work. And Habakkuk was like, excuse me? The Babylonians that took us into exile for 70 years? Excuse me? If you don't mind me, I'm, I'll go there. It would almost be like the Lord speaking to us and say, look out, be utterly amazed. I'm going to use radical Muslims to do my work. We'd be like, excuse me? What? And Habakkuk had a hard time with it, and he questioned it. They went, and finally, at the end of the book, he goes, okay, Lord, okay, you can use anyone, anytime, for anything, for your purpose. So God, use them for your purpose. Now, Hal didn't go into all the context because the Lord had just given him a word. And the word was, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I, don't, I think that, in my opinion, the breaking of the, the, just the splitting in the spiritual realm of us owning this facility is going to accelerate the impact that God's called us to have. I just, I just believe that with all my heart. Because as thankful as I am for every connection and every opportunity, I want to see my community experience Jesus. I want to see O'Fallon have an encounter with Jesus. And man, do we have a parking lot over there that we can work with. We, I am, I'm telling you, free, uh, we have uh, joint access across that entire par- parking lot, um, literally from the building all the way down to the bank on the corner. It's incredible. Um, so let's go to the last thing that I have for you guys today, and it's this, number four, and it's the title. It's too good to keep to ourselves. And the word I have today is 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9. Don't be nervous when I say the word I have for today and go, oh my goodness, if this was introduction, we're in trouble. Uh, when God gives a timely word, it typically doesn't take all that long. So I'll just share it with you. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse, verse, uh, beginning of verse 9. They said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. I, I encourage you to read 2 Kings chapter 7. It's a, really a remarkable story. But not only was there a region of Samaria, but in, back in the Old Testament, there was a city of Samaria. Fortified walls, strong, established city. Um, the Arameans, or the Syrians, had come against them and literally had held them captive for months. Had nobody been able to leave the city or go into the city without being executed? If you read about it, and not to get too graphic, they were starving to the point that literally some of them were boiling and eating their own children to survive. um, At one point, Elisha is giving a prophetic word, and he noticed that as the king walked by, as like his robe opened up a little bit, and he saw that under his robe that the king had sackcloth on that he was, he was fasting and asking God for deliverance. And they sent for Elisha, the Tishbite, 
the prophet of God. And Elijah, Elisha comes in, and he prophesies. And, he, and I'm going to put it in modern-day vernacular. He said, listen, what God's getting ready to do, tomorrow you could, buy, you could buy a loaf of bread for a nickel. Now think about it. There's no food. People, their cannibalism is taking place in the city. And he says, by this time tomorrow, you can buy a loaf of bread for a nickel. Now, the king's guard speaks up, and he goes, if every resource in the world were given, there's no way that you could buy a loaf of bread for a nickel. And Elisha said, you'll see it, but you won't touch it. Interesting. Part two of the story, there's four lepers. Now, you guys know how difficult it is for me to mention the word leper and not have a great time right now, right here, right now. Remember the song, Leprosy. I'm not half the man I used to be. Remember the song. I mean, I'm, uh, there's a million others. I'm not going there, but I just, I'm only letting out one, which shows tremendous self-control after 21 years. I've got about 21 of these. I'm only going to release one. I'll release one for the house this morning, all right? So four lepers are outside the city. How come? Well, according to the Torah, they're not allowed to be in the city because the whole city can contract leprosy and die. And they speak to one another. You're going to love their, their scenario. Have you ever felt like you've been here? Four lepers are sitting outside the city, and they said, why sit here until we die? If we go in the city, there's a famine, and we're going to die. If we sit here any longer, we're going to die. Let's just get up and go to the Syrian camp. Perhaps they'll just take us captive and we'll live. If not, they'll kill us and we die. Wow, have you ever felt like you've had those options? If I go back, I'm dead. If I stay here, I'm dead. If I go forward, I'm dead. That one has a 1% chance of working. I think I'll go that direction. That's where these guys were. They just take off and they start walking toward the Syrian camp. And Scripture says... God released the sound of an army approaching to the point that the Syrians screamed out, the Israelites have hired the Hittites to attack us. The Egyptians are coming. We've got to go. And they literally ran out so quickly. Scripture says they left everything behind. Says they left their horses and their donkeys. In the King James, it says they left their horses, and I won't even mention it. I heard Gloria say it from the back. She's much, much more liberal than she used to be. Can you believe she said that in church? So, so from the King James version, they left so quickly. They even left their asses in the camp. I mean, this was a challenging situation. So, how many know it's hard to travel and not have it with you? You know what I'm saying? So your, your donkey, your donkey, we're still on the same page. So everything, here's what happens. The lepers get there. I want you to think about this. From obscurity, small clan, they get there, and they see all the resources, and they do what would be very natural for any of us to do. 
They go into the first tent. They gather the gold, the silver. Where did the, why, did, why did armies travel with all this stuff? It's not that they traveled with it. It's as they conquered areas, they kept it. And as they kept marching through the Middle East, they were accumulating wealth. And this group of Syrians had already destroyed several places. So the lepers go to one of these guys' tents. There's gold, there's silver, there's robes. And they take it and they hide it. They go to another tent, they grab all the gold, the silver, the robes, they take it and they hide it. They get to the third tent and they go, <gasps> what we're doing isn't right. This is a day of good news. We're keeping it to ourselves. And they went back and they reported to the guard of the, of the gate that the Syrians had been driven out, that God had provided deliverance, that the city was free. How many know that when you've been held captive for months and you're starving, you would think that you're getting set up by a group of angry lepers? And that's what they thought. And it, it, read chapter 7 for yourself. The king said, find five horses. Because there wasn't hardly anything left. He's like, see where there's... And go out. If these guys are lying, the guys that go out to see if they're lying, when they die, it's what we're all, we're all going to die anyway. So go ahead and send them out. These guys come back and they say, it's just like they said. And the guard of the king opened the gate and the people ran through and he was trampled to death. He saw it, but he didn't touch it. And guess how much bread was selling for that day? A nickel. What God has given Faith Chapel is too good to keep to ourselves. And I want you to know, I have loved this season. I have loved it. We're not going to go back on His presence. We're not going to go back on His glory. It's not going to decrease because the words are words of increase. And I but it's time for a community in a greater way to experience what we have. And the Lord's taking a church that's been faithful. It hasn't been perfect, it's been faithful. From the corner of a location and he's putting them in a new place where you can't miss them because he doesn't want our community to miss what he's given to us. It's time for more demonic strongholds to be broken, more physical bodies to be healed, more families to be restored. It's too good to keep to ourselves. The Lord's given us a word. You've encountered me, and now in a greater what measure, help others encounter me, and they're going to tell the city and we're going to see the culture and the atmosphere of our city change in Jesus' name. We're going to see it change in Jesus' name. And so, yes, Lord, we say yes. Let the nations be amazed. If you could use the Babylonians, you can use Faith Chapel. You can use us. We celebrate who you are, we celebrate your goodness, and we thank you for the next opportunity that you've given us. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. 
I know we've got people slipping in that's coming to join us for the second service. And so I'm going to speak in code because that's what we do, just to drive just to drive people crazy so that they can hear later, right? So they can hear later. Um, I just want you to know from Pastor Beth and, and, and myself, from our heart to you, uh, we love you and we love doing life together. And we love what God's called us to do. This is the greatest joy in the world. We absolutely love it. I also want you to know that the mission is still the focus no matter what we face. And we want more and more people to come into the kingdom and to understand the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's what we want more than anything. And so um, our passion for Samuel's house, for Convoy of Hope, for helping the ministries God's connected us to, you're going to hear about those things as much as you always have. It's in our DNA. And in my opinion, supernatural sowing is leading to supernatural reaping. So we're going to keep sowing supernaturally, and we're going to keep reaping supernaturally. All right? So we've got that appointment at 2 o'clock. For those of you that want to come today, you're invited. And uh, members, remember, we've got an informational meeting for the membership. And if you're like, I can't remember, call Diane at the office this week to find out if you can't remember. Uh, but that'll be at 7 o'clock this Wednesday. And make sure you grab a cookie on the way out. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters in this house. I thank you for the anointing they carry, um, the love that they have for you. But Lord, I'm not just going to affirm them in prayer. I thank you for the love that you've put in them. I thank you for the grace that you have over them. I thank you for your kindness and your mercy to each of them. I thank you that you never made them get everything right before you began to bless them with your goodness and your favor. Because it's not about them, it's about who you are and, and that they are a subject of your affection. I pray great increase in their lives, great increase in their family. I pray, Father, that this would be a season of breakthrough for them. I thank you again, Lord, that um, just like Jesus paid the price once and for all, that because that's been done once and for all, we can reconnect with the presence of the Holy Spirit every single day every single day. And I thank you for that. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.